All right, here we go, chapter two of The Root of Chinese Qigong by Dr. Yang Jun-Ming. We just finished chapter one. After this chapter, we'll do a summary and review of the material so far. Here we go, chapter two, The History of Qigong. The history of Chinese Qigong can be roughly divided into four periods. We know little about the first period, which is considered to have started when the Yi Jing was introduced sometime before 1122 BC, and to have extended until the Han Dynasty 206 BC when Buddhism and its meditation methods were imported from China. This infusion brought Qigong practice and meditation into the second period, the religious Qigong era. This period lasted until the Liang Dynasty, 502 to 557 AD. And it was discovered that Qigong could be used for martial purposes. This was the beginning of the third period, that of martial Qigong. Many different martial Qigong styles were thus created based on the theories and principles of Buddhist and Taoist Qigong. This period lasted until the overthrow of the Qing dynasty in 1911 when the new era started in which Chinese Qigong training is mixed with Qigong practices from India, Japan, and many other countries. All right, this is 2-1 before the Han dynasty. This is before 206 BC. The Yi Jing Book of Changes in 1122 BC was probably the first Chinese book related to Qi. It introduced the concept of the three natural energies or powers, heaven, man, and earth. Studying the relationship of these three natural powers was the first step in the development of Qigong. In 1766 to 1154 BC, the Chinese capital was in today's uh, Anyang in Henan province. An archaeological dig there at a late Shang dynasty burial ground called Yingshu discovered more than 160,000 pieces of turtle shell and animal bone which were covered with written characters. This writing called Oracle Bone Scripture was the earliest evidence of the Chinese use of the written word. Most of the information recorded was of a religious nature. There was no mention of acupuncture or other medical knowledge. Even though it was recorded in the Neijing that during the reign of the Yellow Emperor, which was 2690 to 25. 90 BC, uh, stone probes were already being used to adjust people's qi circulation. The archaeologists did, however, discover stones at the dig, which they believed were bian si, which were stones that were used for acupuncture. They had a point. During the Zhou dynasty, Lao Tzu mentioned certain breathing techniques in his classic Tao Te Ching. 
He stressed that the way to obtain health was to concentrate on qi and achieve softness. Later, Ji, in the spring and autumn and warring states period, which was 770 to 221 BC, also described more complete methods of breath training. About 300 BC, the Taoist philosopher Zhuangzi described the relationship between health and the breath in his book, Nan Hua Jing. It states, the real person's breath reaches down to their heels. The real person's or the immortal's breath reaches down to their heels. The real person's breathing reaches down to their heels. The normal person's breath is in the throat. This suggests that a breathing method for qi circulation was already being used by some Taoists at that time. During the Qing and Han dynasties, which was 221 BC and 220 AD, there are several medical references to Qigong in the literature, such as Nanjing, classic on disorders, by a famous phys physician. It describes the breathing to increase qi circulation. Another book, Prescriptions from the Golden Chamber, discusses the use of breathing and acupuncture to maintain good qi flow. Another, a comparative study of the Zhou Book of Changes, explains the relationship of human beings to nature's forces and qi. It can be seen from this list that up to this time, almost all of the Qigong publications were written by scholars such as Laozi, Zhuangzi, or physicians such as Bian Chue and Wei Boyang. Let us conclude with a few important points about the Qigong in this period. One, historical documents for this period are scarce today and it's difficult to obtain detailed information, especially about Qigong training. Two, there were two major types of Qigong training. One type was used by the Confucian and Taoist scholars who used it primarily to maintain their health. The other type of Qigong was for medical purposes, using needles or exercises to adjust the qi or to cure illness. Three, there was almost no religious color to the training. Four, all of the training focused on following the natural way and improving and maintaining health. Actively encountering the effects of nature was considered impossible. This is chapter 2-2 two, two from the Han Dynasty to the beginning of the Liang Dynasty, 206 BC to 502 AD. Because many Han emperors were intelligent and wise, the Han Dynasty was a glorious and peaceful period. It was during the Eastern Han Dynasty, 58 AD, that Buddhism was imported to China from India. The Han Emperor became a sincere Buddhist. 
Buddhism soon spread and became very popular. Many Buddhist meditation and Qigong practices, which had been practiced in India for thousands of years, were absorbed into the Chinese culture. The Buddhist temples taught many Qigong practices, especially the still meditation of Chan, which is also Sun. It marked a new era of Chinese Qigong. Much of the deeper Qigong theory and practices which had been developed in India were brought to China. Unfortunately, since the training was directed at attaining Buddhahood, the training practices and theory were recorded in the Buddhist Bibles and kept secret. For hundreds of years, the religious Qigong training was never taught to laymen. Only in this century has it been available to the general populace. Not long after Buddhism had been imported into China, a Taoist by the name of Tsang Daoling combined the traditional Taoist principles with Buddhism and created a religion called Tao Jiao. Many of the meditation methods were a combination of the principles and training method methods of both sources. Since Tibet had developed its own branch of Buddhism with its own training system and methods of attaining Buddhahood, Tibetan Buddhists were also invited to China to preach. In time, their practices were also absorbed. It was in this period that the traditional Chinese Qigong practitioners finally had a chance to compare their arts with the religious Qigong practices imported mainly from India. While the scholarly and medical Qigong had been concerned with maintaining and improving health, the newly imported religious Qigong was concerned with far more. Contemporary documents and Qigong styles show clearly that the religious practitioners trained their qi to a much deeper level, working with many internal functions of the body, and strove to obtain control of their bodies, minds, and spirits with the goal of escaping from the cycle of reincarnation. While the Qigong practices and meditations were being passed down secretly within the monasteries, traditional scholars and physicians continued their Qigong research. During their Jing dynasty in the 3rd century AD, a famous physician named Hua Tuo used acupuncture for anesthesia in surgery. The Taoist Jun Qian used the movements of animals to create the Wu Xin Shi five animal sports, which taught people how to increase their qi circulation through specific movements. Also in this period, a physician named Ge Hong mentioned using the mind to lead and increase qi in his book. Sometime in the period of 420 to 581 AD, he compiled the Yang Sun Yang Ming Lu records, this is Dao Hong Jing, the records of nourishing the body and extending life, which showed many Qigong techniques. Characteristics of Qigong during this period were, one, there were three schools of religious Qigong which influenced and dominated the Qigong practice in this period.
These are Indian Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism, and Taoism. Two, almost all of the religious Qigong practices were kept secret within the monasteries. Three, religious Qigong training worked to escape from the cycle of reincarnation. Four, relatively speaking, religious Qigong theory is deeper than the theory of the non-religious Qigong, and the training is harder. Five, Qi circulation theory was better understood by this time, so the Qigong sets created in this period seem to be more efficient than the older sets. 2-3 from the Liang dynasty to the end of the Qing dynasty, 502 to 1911 AD. During this time, the emperor invited a Buddhist monk named Damo, who was once an Indian prince, to preach Buddhism in China. The emperor decided he'd, he didn't like Damo's Buddhism theory, so the monk withdrew to the Shaolin temple. When Damo arrived, he saw that the priests were weak and sickly, so he shut himself away to ponder the problem. He emerged after nine years of seclusion and wrote two classics, Yi Jing Jing, Muscle Tendon Change Classic, and Shi Sui Jing, Merrill Brainwashing Classic. The Muscle Tendon Change Classic taught the priests how to gain health and change their physical bodies from weak to strong. The Merrill Brainwashing Classic taught the priest how to use Qi to clean the bone marrow and strengthen the blood and immune system as well as how to energize the brain and attain enlightenment. Because the Merrill Brainwashing Classic was harder to understand and practice, the training methods were passed down secretly to only a very few disciples in each generation. After the priests practiced the muscle tendon change exercise, they found that not only did they improve their health, but they also greatly increased their strength. When this training was integrated into martial arts forms, it increased the effectiveness of their techniques. In addition to this martial qigong training, the Shaolin priests also created five animal styles and Kung Fu of Kung Fu, which imitated the way different animals fight. The animals imitated were tiger, leopard, dragon, snake, and crane. Outside of the monastery, the development of Qigong continued during the Sui and Tang dynasties, 581 to 907 AD. Uh, Chao Yanfang compiled the thesis on the origins and symptoms of various diseases, which is veritably encyclopedia it's a veritable encyclopedia of Qigong methods. It lists 260 different ways of increasing qi flow. The Thousand Gold Prescriptions book by Sun Samao described the method of leading qi and also described the use of the six sounds. The Buddhists and Taoists had already been using the six sounds to regulate qi in the internal organs for some time. Sun Samao also introduced a massage system called Lao Tzu's 49 Massage Techniques. Wai Tai Miao, The Extra Important Secret, written by Wang Tao, discussed the use of breathing and herbal therapies for disorders of qi circulation.
During the Song, Jin, and Yuan dynasties, which was 960 to 1368 AD, the Life Nourishing Secrets book by Song Andao discussed several Qigong practices. The Confucian Point of View by Song Zahe described the use of Qigong to cure external injuries such as cuts and sprains. The book Secret Library of the Orchid Room by Li Guo describes using Qigong and herbal remedies for internal disorders. And a further thesis of complete study by Zhu Danxi provided a theoretical explanation for the use of Qigong in curing disease. During the Song dynasties, 960 to 1279 AD, Chang Sangfeng is believed to have created Tai Chi Chuan. Tai Chi followed a different approach in its use of Qigong than did Shaolin. While Shaolin emphasized Waidan Qigong exercises, Tai Chi emphasized Nadan internal elixir Qigong training. In 1026 AD, the famous brass man of acupuncture was designed and built by Dr. Wang Weiyi. Before that time, the many publications which discussed acupuncture theory principles and treatment techniques disagreed with each other and left many points unclear. When Dr. Wang built his brass man, he also wrote a book called The Illustration of the brass man acupuncture and moxibustion. He explained the relationship of the 12 organs and the 12 qi channels, clarified many of the points of confusion, and for the first time systematically organized acupuncture theory and principles. In 1034 AD, Dr. Wang used acupuncture to cure the emperor Ranzong with the support of the emperor acupuncture flourished. In order to encourage acupuncture and medical research, the emperor built a temple to Bianchui, who wrote the Nanjing and worshipped him as the ancestor of acupuncture. Acupuncture technology developed so much that even the Jin race in the distant north requested the brass man and another acupuncture technology as a condition for peace. Between 1102 to 1106 AD, Dr. Wang dissected the bodies of prisoners and added more information to the Nanjing. His work contributed greatly to the advancement of Qigong in Chinese medicine by giving a clear and systematic idea of the circulation of Qi in the human body. Later in the Southern Song Dynasty, 1127 to 1279 AD, Marshal Yue Fei was credited with creating several internal Qigong exercises and martial arts. It is said that he created the eight pieces of brocade to improve the health of his soldiers. He is also known as the creditor of the internal martial style Xing Yi. Eagle-style martial arts also claim that Yue Fei was the creator of their style. 
From then until the end of the Qing Dynasty, 1911 AD, many other Qigong styles were founded. The well-known ones included Tiger Step Gong, Twelve Postures, and Beggar Gong. Also in this period, many documents related to Qigong were published, such as the secret important document of body protection, brief introduction to nourishing the body, and the three treasures Jing, essence, qi, internal energy, and shen, spirit. Also, the total introduction to medical prescriptions by Wang Fan'an reviewed and summarized the previously published materials and Negong Tuswo preserved the 12 pieces of brocade. During the Qing Dynasty, Tibetan meditation and martial techniques became widespread in China for the first time. This was due to the encouragement and interest of the Manchurian emperors in the royal palace, as well as others of high rank in society. Character characteristics of Qigong during this period were 1. Qigong was adapted into the martial arts and martial Qigong styles were created. 2. Qi circulation theory and acupuncture reached a peak. More documents were published about medical Qigong than the other categories of Qigong exercises. 3. Religious Qigong practice remained secret. 4. Qigong exercises had become more popular in Chinese society. 2-4 from the end of the Qing dynasty to the present. Before 1911 AD, Chinese society was still very conservative and old-fashioned. Even though China had been expanding its contact with the outside world for the previous hundred years, the outside world had little influence beyond the coastal regions. With the overthrow of the Qing Dynasty in 1911 and the founding of the Chinese Republic, the nation began cha changing as never before. Since this time, Qigong practice has entered a new era. Because of, these, because of the ease of communication in the modern world, Western culture now has great influence on the Orient. Many Chinese have opened their minds and changed their traditional ideas, especially in Taiwan and Hong Kong. Various Qigong styles are now being taught openly and many formerly secret documents have been published. Modern methods of communication have opened up Qigong to a much wider audience than ever before. And people now have the opportunity to study and understand many different styles. In addition, people are now able to compare Chinese Qigong to similar arts from other countries, such as India, Japan, Korea, and the Middle East. I believe that in the near future, Qigong will be considered the most exciting and challenging field of research. It is an ancient science just waiting to be investigated with the help of the new technologies now being developed at an almost explosive rate. Anything we can do to speed up this research will greatly help humanity to understand and improve itself. This completes chapter two.
The Root of Qigong by Dr. Yang Dreamy. Thank <laughs> you.